You are listening to Mars Attacks Podcast, a member of Talking Metal Digital and the Cast Iron Ring. Hey, this is Michael Lando from Adrenaline Mob. Hi, this is Bruce Kulik. Hey, everyone, this is Dave Minichetti from Y&T. Hi, this is Chris Poland. Hey, this is George Lynch, Lynch Mob, talking and all kinds of other projects. Hey, pay attention. This is Joe Stump. You're listening to Mars Attacks Podcast. This is Mark Zavon from Kill Devil Hill. And G'day, this is Guy from Airborne. How you doing? This is Frankie Benali from Quiet Riot. This is Chris from In This Moment. Hey, this is Ron Bumblefoot, fall of Guns N' Roses, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Hey, this is Richard Patrick from Stilter, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Hi, this is Carolina Peace, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Yow! Hi, yeah, okay, so hey, this is Paul Shortino. How you doing? Formerly of Rough Cut, Quiet Riot, and currently with King Cobra. You're listening to Mars Attack. <laughs> You're listening to the Mars Attack Podcast. Here is your host, Victor. Let's get it up. Welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Mars Attacks podcast, episode number 80 to be exact. I'm your host, Victor, if you couldn't tell. And during today's episode, we have an interview with Xander Demos, a Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania-based guitarist. He came to my attention, obviously, due to his publisher, but our good friends over at Iron City Rocks, John Caddick, to be exact, the founder of the Cast Iron Ring. Uh, I asked him about Xander, and it was funny. He said, well, you know, I sort of know Xander. You know, I know a little bit about him. You know, and then it turns out that he's won, like, I don't know how many polls as the best, like, local guitarist on Iron City Rocks. Uh, so go figure. He was uh, pulling my leg, I guess. So yeah, so we have a little Xander Demos coming up. And uh, he's also the guitarist for James Rivera. If you know of James, he's sung with Seven Witches. He's sung with Flotsman Jetsam, Hellstar, and a bunch of other projects. And it turns out that Xander is his guitarist. So we get into that as well and discuss some of his other projects. So uh, we'll have that in a little bit. Um, Speaking of Cast Iron Ring, the Cast Iron Ring has just expanded. Bob Nell Bandian now has a new podcast due to the uncertainty with Roadrunner and what's going on with his Skull Sessions podcast. He has just come out with a new podcast called uh, The Heavy Metal Couch, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Let's see here. I'm pulling up Cast Iron Ring. Yes, Shockwaves presents Couch of Metal. My bad. Couch of Metal podcast. So that goes along with his um, uh, Hard Radio podcast and his, uh, like I said, Shockwaves Skull Session podcast. Um, 
also on the cast iron ring if you're not familiar with it you have signal to noise bone hand heavy half hour uh, wicked ways wikimedia or wiki metal not wikimedia i'm sorry <laughs> wiki metal from down in brazil focus on metal iron city rocks as i mentioned john caddick's other podcast heavy metal book club radioactive metal and of course mars attacks so go check that out also as mentioned at the top of the show we are part of talking metal digital and talking metal digital is a joint venture between myself mark striegel and john astronomy of talking metal of us obviously excuse me we're flying under the talking metal banner there and at the moment things are composed of talking metal Talking Rock, and the Mars Attacks podcast. And uh, what we're doing is, and I keep mentioning this, we're working behind the scenes. We're talking to a bunch of different people, some pretty well-known within the hard rock and metal community, others maybe a little lesser known. The thing is to try to find someone captivating or someone that's a good storyteller that can you know, put on a good show. There are millions of podcasts out there, my show included, and it's sometimes difficult for people to, you know, go out and decipher which podcast they want to listen to. And I think a good sort of model to follow is what Adam Carolla has done with his empire. I mean, I can't fathom being anywhere close to that. But why not use a model that's, you know, been successful and try to, you know, sort of put a metal spin on it and go with it. You know, I, I think that's probably one of the better things to do. Whether that works out or not, that, that's a different story. But, I mean, at least we're giving it a shot. Uh, also, remember that as part of Talking Metal Digital, we also have the Talking Metal Stream. You can find a player right on the homepage of MarsAttacksRadio.com where you can listen to the stream. And I've actually just... Freshen the stream up a little, swapped out a bunch of songs, added some new ones, and I look to do that a lot more frequently from here on out. I've uh, been under the weather again, <laughs> been tied up with a lot of other things that I've mentioned on past shows, and uh, that's pretty much why I haven't had an episode of Mars Attacks out in a few weeks, but um, we look to have... A lot more episodes in the near future coming out. We have another episode ready to go for next week that I'll be editing after this one. Instead of doing a double episode, what I'm going to do is just have one in interview this week, have another one the next week, and uh, try to catch up on some other interviews that I have in the can that are some are a little old. <laughs> and um, this month actually also marks the... 20th anniversary of my very first interview. So I'm going to put something together to commemorate that and take little bits and pieces from the very first interview that I did and include that within a podcast. I'm actually going to do the first two. Uh, I did one of them for the old uh, Mark Striegel radio stream, and I may just resurrect that and put it out as is. Or... I may actually re-edit it and make it something completely different. So uh, we'll see when the time comes. What else do we have going on? Oh, 
I want to remind everyone to go to the Mars Attacks Radio Facebook page. That is facebook.com forward slash Mars Attacks Radio. I remind you to go to Twitter. I actually have two Twitter accounts. You can go to VMR907 or Mars Aries 2005 on Twitter. And what else? Oh, on the stream, remember that we do Talking Metal Live a few Fridays a month. Uh, we're actually going to skip this Friday, and we're going to do something next Friday on November 15th. That is 2013, for those of you that are listening to this at a later date. Uh, we will probably have a guest on. Uh, the last episode that we did was with Ron Scalzo, a.k.a. Q-Ball. And uh, it was a lot of fun. It's unfortunate that we got to Ron so late in the show. Had I known that Joey Z was going to bail on us, we would have had him right at 9.15. And uh, I don't know, it was interesting to hear from him. I uh, saw some pictures of him after running the New York Marathon. It was pretty cool. Ron's a really good guy. He's always been very supportive of the show and has always come on or provided comments whenever... I've asked them to for the Classic Albums column, for example. The Classic Albums column will return at some point. At some point, no. It will will return at the beginning of next year. Um, Right now, there's just too many things going on for me to focus and put one of those episodes out. It takes a lot of time to get those episodes the way that I want them to be, not only with the... um, with the podcast and the written comments, but uh, I adjust the Amazon store and set up different links. And, uh, you know, it, it takes a considerable amount of work. And, um, you know, without sort of going pedal to the metal, trying to get one of these out in like a day, usually, you know, comfortably doing a little bit at a time, it takes about two weeks to put together. If, I have nothing else going on and really want to do one of these episodes. It takes, you know, a good day, day and a half. Uh, you know, it, it's still, there's still a lot of work that, that goes on with it. So, you know, I, I don't want to do a, a crap job and just push these things out and not give people the same type of, you know, the, the same sort of feel that we've had with these shows and you know the the or what the word I'm looking for is quality the same type of quality that we've had going on with these shows I don't want to have that diminish in any way or the experience on the web so I'm just going to put those aside for now but we are going to kick things off with a really cool uh, album with a really neat interview from someone that was part of the band while it was around, and I think you guys will enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, so that's what's going on with the Classic Albums column. We've always gotten good feedback with that. And I know some of the artists aren't as well-known as others, and some people have mentioned, you know, I could do without some of these guys that I don't know or, you know, just stick to, you know, four or five clips per episode. Uh, There have been others that have absolutely loved it. Uh, from beginning to end and said, oh, you know, I didn't know who so-and-so was. I didn't know who Alan Tecchio was. 
But, you know, I really enjoyed his comments, and I really enjoyed the music that you've been playing in the last few episodes. You know, I've gotten that type of feedback uh, regarding the songs that have been included with the artists uh, that that have been commenting, you know, their music that, that has been included as, as along with the actual albums that are featured. So, so yeah, so, so that'll be, you know, just put the side... Put to the side for now, and we want to pump out, you know, a bunch of Mars Attacks episodes. I think, you know, I'm sort of spread thin. You know, I started out with Fusion Sonica in 2009, and you know, I keep saying, "Oh, there's," I'm just gonna do one more episode, one more episode. And, you know, I'm, I still haven't edited that episode. I don't know; it's just frustrating the way things ended up with that. Uh, but, you know, I still want to put that episode out and, and not slam the door shut, but, you know, leave it open slightly just in case, you know, if in the future I want to revisit anything there. My other podcast, The Incoherent Ramblings of Victor M. Ruiz, possibly the last episode was just very, very negative. Uh, that's sort of why I wanted to start that podcast because I didn't want to vent on this podcast and turn people away. That podcast also has other types of music that isn't hard rock and metal. You know, I didn't want to pigeonhole myself with just that. So, you know, I want to do those once once a month. Sometimes I did them twice a month. Sometimes, you know, every so many months. So it's the same deal. You know, I don't want to slam the door shut on that, but I think I'm going to do like one more to sort of say, you know, I'm putting this aside for now and just do the best that I can with this podcast um, I mean, in all practicality, when I started those shows, there were no kids involved. There was no um, going to check out what people were doing on a house that they're building for me or renovating for me, I should say. You know, all of that is in play now. And, you know, and that's aside from my day job, which everything isn't hunky-dory there either. So... So yeah, so we're trying to do the best that we can. So anyway, before we head on into some music, I want to remind you people to go to MarsAttacksRadio.com and check out all of our good affiliates, uh, sites that we're affiliated to where you can get sometimes discounts on what you purchase and we get a small kickback for everything that you do buy from these merchants uh, also, there is that PayPal donations button there. If you ever want to help us out, donate a dollar, donate five, ten, donate whatever you can. The one link that people have been great with is the Amazon link. I do appreciate that. And with the iTunes link, I should say, with the iTunes links. People have been going out and buying both. And I I appreciate that greatly. You know, it's nothing that I can retire on, but, you know, I am spending a lot of money on on the hosting of this site and what I want to do eventually is do a rework of the site because there are definitely issues that I want to work out and have it look a lot more professional. So we'll see if that ever happens. In any event, do whatever you can. Not holding a gun to anyone's head, but if you have some spare change, <laughs> you know, throw us a bone. And for those of you that don't know why I'm laughing at the whole spare change thing, the late, great Robin Harris, comedian, he has a whole skit on 
spare change and asking, you know, what exactly spare change is and saying that he's got a spare ass kicking he can give to someone if they ask him for spare change. So that's why I'm laughing. Anyway, let us get into some music. I always like giving these guys props. I just saw them again here at a local festival. They are Century Media recording artist, Angela Sapatrida. Let's get into a track of theirs. This one is all about beer. And like so many other bands that are out there that are promoting their own beer, they have a microbrewery here in Spain that is making their own beer. It's called, it's it's the same as, the beer is called the same as the title of this song, damn it. It is Fresh Pleasure by Angela Sapatrida coming off of The Call. sound sample there of Angela Sapatrida. Help them out by checking out the track on iTunes, purchasing Fresh Pleasure, not the beer, the track, <laughs> or um, yeah, going to Amazon or iTunes and purchasing the album in its entirety. There you go. Moving forward, a band that a lot of people don't associate with hard rock or metal, but this is a band that used to be called the Shrinky Dinks. And their first album is actually pretty damn cool, in my opinion. I still listen to it every now and then. This is a band that Eddie Trunk used to play the crap out of, and that's how I know who they are. Before they had all of their radio hits, and before Mark McGrath was on Access Hollywood or, or any of that stuff, uh, there was the origins of Sugar Ray. And it is funny because there are a lot of people that I know that absolutely love this first album. 
Uh, it's called Lemonade and Brownies at the time. Mark was dating Nicole Eggart from Baywatch fame, and she's on the cover naked. Naked. So, yeah, <laughs> there you go. There, there's a track that I think is really cool off of here called Iron Mike that, uh, you know, I think that Fred Durst and Limp Bizkit and all these new metal bands per se, or not all of them, some of them, really got that sort of vibe that that they went after with the DJ and, and all that uh, from Sugar Ray. But uh, anyway, the track that Eddie Trunk used to play all the time is Mean Machine. <laughs> That's right. Jesus saves, no, he shoots and scores. As a longtime hockey fan, I've always gotten a kick out of that. Interestingly enough, you have Sarsipius there. If you're an old fan of infectious grooves, you know exactly who I'm referring to. The NHL season has started again. Way back when, sort of tying Sugar Ray. Infectious Grooves, Sarsipius, and the whole deal together way back when you had Suicidal Tendencies with their track, Send Me Your Money. And in that video was Brian Leach and James Patrick, who at that time were members of the New York Rangers. James Patrick is now, if I'm not mistaken, an assistant coach with the Dallas Stars following Lindy Ruff down there. And... Brian Leach is working in the NHL front office under Brendan Shanahan, if I'm not mistaken. Love hockey, the one sport that I still follow. I Actually, I should say the New York Rangers are the one team that I still follow from back in the States. I still check up on Jets, Giants, and Yankees, uh, but definitely nowhere you know, near as a fan of those teams as I am of the Rangers. Have the NHL package 
NHL center ice and uh, try to check out as much hockey as possible. For example, last night they beat the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, 5-1, if I'm not mistaken. I watched the first period before falling asleep because these games are starting up at... Uh, last night's game was at 1.30 a.m. my time. I have to be up early to take my son to school, so yeah. <laughs> there you go. Not very metal, but it's the truth. Anyway, little suicidal tendencies coming off of Lights, Camera, Revolution. This is Send Me Your Money. Suicidal Tendencies with Send Me Your Money coming off of Lights, Camera, Revolution. Again, we're doing sound samples there. Try to get you people to purchase some of these songs. Help us get a small kickback. You guys don't pay anything else. Don't pay anything more, I should say. Uh, But it helps us out. In little increments, but every little bit counts, believe me. So anyway, let's get into a little Xander Demos, and we'll get into the interview with him right after that. The name of this track is Under a Darkened Sky, and it is coming off of Guitar Acadia by Xander Demos. Thank you. 
So right off the bat, obviously the name James Rivera jumps right out. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you meet up with James? Well, uh, good question. Um, last year, a really good friend of mine asked me to um, he asked me to jump in on a on the Sabbath to the Sabbath tribute band. Now he even said to me, he said, "Hey, you know, do you know anything about this?" And I said, "Yeah." I said, I'm, I'm familiar with the band and all, but, uh, I mean, I, I got to tell you, I'm not like, I don't know as much of those, um, you know, some of those tunes as, um, you know, as, as maybe I should. Like, for example, I, this was a confession from way out of left field, but I actually, you know, because I have like a whole bunch of MP3s and, I, you know, I, I bought a lot of music online and, of course, downloaded music, too. I mean, who didn't, right? But right. Um, I... My my copy of the song Heaven and Hell was actually labeled as Ronnie James Dio. I thought that was a Ronnie James Dio song. I never knew it was a Sabbath tune. Just <laughs> okay. trying to show you where my head was. I mean, because back then in the eighties, like when that I get when Dio was in Black Sabbath and stuff. I mean, I never, I just really wasn't following them at all. I was more into the pop metal and you know arena rock. That to, to me Sabbath was almost they were they were too classic rock sounding for me. It was kind of funny, and then I didn't gain the appreciation for them until I was much older. But anyway, back to the story. Um, he asked me if I wanted to be, you know, the second guitar player, and I said definitely. And um, so I learned, you know, we learned uh, 19 Sabbath and uh, and Priest tunes, uh, like a whole set. And basically, James was going to come up for a long weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We were going to get out, you know, and play some pretty good, pretty good gigs. So we did. Uh, so as it turned out, it was a lot more convenient for him to stay at my house because I don't have kids and I just have animals and. But I have a big house and, uh, you know, no kids and stuff like that. So it was very easy for him to stay there. So, you know, when he stayed there, I got to know him. And he actually stayed for about six days total. We gigged for three of them. Uh, then he was flying to Europe. So we got to know each other. And as we got to know each other, we got to talking and stuff. And, and then we've, I mean, ever since last summer, we've just kept in touch. And then, you know, lately, uh, you know, it's heated up a lot more because, uh, you know, right, as of right now, I'm, I'm basically his solo guitar player, solo band guitar player. Okay, and obviously you have three different outlets. You have your own band, XDB. You have James' solo band, and you have Sabbath Judas Sabbath. Do you need to have, you know, um, or, or let me phrase this correctly, is it important for you to have all three of those bands to have different channels and different outlets for different types of music that you're interested in? Or does that never even come into question? That's a that's a great question, but you know what? It never it usually doesn't come into mind like that. Um, the, the outlets I will say are good because because my ADD allows me to uh, you know <laughs> allows me to explore other musical outlets. I mean, here let me give you a really good example. On August 10th of this year, I'm doing a um, uh, with a with a friend of mine named Jeff Morris, a phenomenal musician from Pittsburgh. Um, he plays in a Bon Jovi and Journey tribute band, but he's he's also doing a um, a tribute band, you know, for just Journey and Foreigner. And we're doing a gig on the twentieth or on the tenth. I'm sorry. Um, that's it's called the, the the project's name is called Any Way You Want It, and it's just Journey mm-hmm. and Foreigner. So we're doing a set of Journey and then a set of Foreigner, and then later that night I'm going to Akron, Ohio. So I'm I'm leaving from Pittsburgh. I'm driving to driving to Akron to be with Giancarlo Floridia from um, uh, from Faith's Edge to do okay. the Janie Lane tribute with uh, Troy Patrick Farrell and the two guys from Cinderella. And, and so, you know, how's that for extremes? I mean, we're, we're talking Journey <laughs> earlier in the day than doing like a set of Warrant, you know, and then the next week after that, um, I'll be back out with XDB, you know, doing our prog, prog metal stuff. So right. while 
I wouldn't say it's important, um, but it is nice to basically be able to do those kind of collaborations. And I think more than anything else, to have the flexibility to say, oh, yeah, I'll go do some Journey or I'll go do some Sabbath or I'll go do some Testament or some, I mean, you know, insert band here. Right. I just, I love high energy rock and metal guitar. So, you know, it. I don't play Journey like Neil Sean does. I play Journey like, you know, like I do. You know, like like, like if Steve Vai was in Journey, that's how I kind of play Journey stuff. Right. Um, so I, I add a little bit of a more of a bite to it, you know what I mean? Um, but I still hold true. I, I still do Neil Sean solos the way he does them. But when when he's just kind of going off and doing his own thing, I, I just do my own thing. So, I mean, Journey's my favorite band. That's why that's why actually why I mentioned them. So. Okay, cool. As far as uh, writing for the various projects, mm-hmm. how does writing for XDB vary from when you're writing with James? Uh, that's a great question. Um, as of right now, uh, James and I have not done a whole lot of writing yet. Okay, now we're, okay. that'll change by next year. So, XDB is still is definitely still the big outlet for for me at least. But the cool thing about this is, you know, two years ago, <clears throat> whenever we st- whenever I started XDB about two and a half years ago, uh, it was primarily going to set out and do some instrumental stuff, you know, and, and I would sing a couple tunes, you know, just to kind of keep some people interested. We were hoping to get some national, you know, opening spots, and we did. We did pretty good. But um, back then, the writing was, I did the lion's share of it because a lot of the tunes were stuff that I had, and the reason I put out the album, Guitarcadia, was because I wanted to, you know, get all these tunes that I had you know, sort of semi-recordings of and really crappy recordings and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, right. I wanted to get all that stuff, you know, on a CD. So it was released last February of 2012 and then officially picked up by Rock and Growl Records for a digital distribution deal in August of last year. And then I just actually got a physical distribution deal, which I think we just signed the ink on that a month and a half ago or so. But um, the uh, the... The difference being, though, that I was kind of like the chief songwriter, where with XDB now, with a vocalist and different guys in the band, we, we're doing a lot more collaborative songwriting. Like, I'll, I'll go there with a couple, like, I'll, they'll come to my house, we call it the Shark Nest, you know, we'll get to that later. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> come to the Shark Nest, which is the studio downstairs, and then basically, um, uh, I say, hey, look, this was a riff that I had maybe five years ago, and of course, I had nothing, you know, really didn't have any direction with it let's you know can we do something with it and my singer mario he's just you know he's got a really good sense of melody and a good sense of style when it comes to like writing um same with jeff anselm the drummer i mean he you know he can pick up on pretty much anything and say do you want this to be more proggy do you want to be more straight ahead like power metalish you know and then we can go from there before it was kind of like hey guys these are these songs and i just want to bang them out i i didn't unfortunately i didn't give a lot of people a lot of room to write before except for the keyboard player adam who's still with me uh, right. So that's you know that's why uh, the, the writing is a lot different now with XDB. So as far as Guitarcadia is concerned, the tracks weren't all written at once. They were different things that you wanted to properly record and sort of, for for lack of a better term, almost make like a um, like a time capsule and sort of close that cycle of of writing before moving on to something else. Yeah, that that's actually a great way to describe that. I could I could have said that better myself. Okay, so how far back do some of these songs or riffs date? Oh man, 
Well, let's see. Um, the song Metagalactic, I think it's track nine on the album. Uh, that goes back to 1988. Uh, okay. Yeah, so that, that one goes, that's my oldest one. So that's my oldest tune. Uh, obviously, there's two covers on there, both covers generated from the 80s. So, um, uh, but, uh, but the, the original vocal tune, Under Dark and Sky, um, basically uh, goes back to 2004 when I was in a band with the drummer and the singer that you hear on that track. Uh, okay. The drummer that's on the, the on the tracks no longer with me, but we were in a band ten years ago called Stronghold. It was a it was kind of like a uh, imagine like a Godsmack type of band, but with guitar solos. You know what I mean? Like with you know and different you know. But uh, we, we had ag- aggressive vocals and uh, it had kind of like that groove metal kind of feel to it, but it still had like right. power metal feel to it. And um, so we re- they had a whole album that they that we recorded during the time I was in the band. And uh, so I said, you know, hey, how about we go in a different direction? And the singer is really in the bands like Stradivarius and, and like a lot of the European power metal bands. So, right. so when I played that, the riff for him, he was just like, oh, man, I'm all over this. So I said, well, I have a whole song. I said, I, you know, I, I actually sat on the couch one day. I was just screwing around with a riff, and I ended up writing a tune. And it only took about a half an hour to actually put it together. Uh, but a half hour, and I had an eight-minute, you know, epic song like that and kevin razzle the singer he said hey you know put this on a crappy recording for me and i'm, I'm gonna the next time we practice i want to show you what i have for it and he did and it was amazing uh what you're actually hearing is not a whole lot different um lyrically and melody wise than, than what was done 10 years ago almost um but when we recorded it for guitar cadia of course the you know i was the only guitar player at this time there was keyboards now and it was a completely different feel because the bass player from Stronghold didn't have the technique that the bass player in my last version of XDB had. So, and even and it's even more like aggressive now. So, if, if when you hear like a when you hear the even more recent version of it, which we haven't recorded, but when you see it live, it's you know it's um, it's just one of those things that really goes over well with like the musical freaks. But then the rest of the stuff, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's like a time capsule. I mean, there was. Some stuff was written for Guitarcadia, and some stuff was just rehashed, you know, riffs that I needed to, I needed to get, um, I, I just needed to get them off my chest, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. So moving forward, um, based on what you're telling me, you're already in the process of writing a follow-up to Guitarcadia. Yeah, it's it's in the works right now. It's called Dancing Through Daggers, and it okay. is. Um, uh, it's it's really sounding pretty cool so far. Um, I have all of the instrumentals written, which there's only three this time around. See, the last album had uh, eight instrumentals, two uh, two cover or two vocal tunes. Uh, this one has um, eleven songs, and eight of them are vocal, and three are instrumental. Okay. And how did you put this band together that's working with you now? Uh, that's a great question. Um, more of a sensitive topic, actually, but uh, last okay. year, right around this time, I went through a very, very hellacious breakup, and okay. um, the breakup really damaged me, you know, like personally and professionally and a lot of other ways and stuff, and, uh, you know, it was, it, like I said, it was very, it's very personal, but I just kind of took the guitar and kind of threw it aside almost. I was like, screw this. I, I don't feel like doing this right now, and I just kind of concentrated on work and trying to, you know, heal, so to speak. Right. And the the drummer and the vocalist that are in my band now, they said, "Oh hell no." I said, 
said, no way, dude, we're, we're doing this, man. So they, they kind of beat me into submission and, you know, in a way, not forced the guitar back in my hand, but they said, hey, look, this is what you do, man. It's what you are. Let's, you know, let's, let's get out there and do this again. And, um, and, and when he, not even saying let's do it again, it's let's do a period because when I kind of, not retired, but I sort of slowed down, when I did that, mm-hmm. the other guys in my band, um, they kind of, you know, sort of went by the wayside, like namely the drummer and the bass player at the time. Uh, the bass player had, had kind of resigned before that, and we were, I was actually bouncing back and forth between bass players uh, for, for various gigs because we were still getting opening gigs here and there. And, but my head just wasn't in it until a little bit later in probably like around September um, is really when the guys that are in XDB now, they basically said, come on, man, we can do this. And three of them came from a progressive metal band in Pittsburgh known as Sacred Dominion. Um, so they were, uh, they all just said, hey, look, we'll, we'll fill in the spot, you know, or the, the space where you need it. We have Adam, which is our keyboard player. And now we have like a five-piece band. And ever since then, it's been pretty harmonious. I mean, you know, no pun intended, but it's been a, a pretty good relationship. Um, you know, once in a while, I mean, you know, everybody in the band has families and they don't really get a chance. Sometimes we can't play gigs together. So I'll go out and play the tracks, backing tracks and stuff. Um, but you know, more often than not, you know, we're, we're out there together as a, uh, as a, as a unit and, um, we have a lot of fun doing it. So that's really, I mean, that's, that's how the, the current version came, came into being. Okay. And within your bio, I noticed that there's a ton of gear that's listed. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your gear, how it may vary from a live setting as opposed to the studio or home setting? Sure. Um, both, I will say that one thing that is very, um, uh, that's very common um, between the two is I use exclusively, I use the Fractal Audio Axe Effects for now, for the, basically the nerve center of my rig. Uh, in my home rig, uh, I'm basically going through a 412 stereo cabinet, and it's made into a Mesa Boogie uh, Simon Class 290 uh, tube amp, and that's on the Axe-FX Ultra. It's like the older version of it. Now there's the Axe-FX 2, which I use live, and that's made into a Matrix uh, GT800FX uh, power amp, um, and it's in a very nice little roll-away, convenient uh, four-space rack. And the really cool thing about that is that um, I can travel with this, and it can be like, you know, check-in luggage, basically. And, you know, it's it's no bigger than, than your average suitcase, really. And uh, it's protected, you know, it's a very protected rack and stuff, and that way I can, I can go anywhere in the world, anywhere in the United States especially, and just, you know, ask just to have for my back line, just to have, uh, you know, a cabinet or two. And uh, it's, it's very cool. Um, so that's you know as far as the as far as my amp sounds that's they're generated from both versions of the Axe Effects the Ultra and the um, uh, and also the uh, the Axe Effects too. Guitar wise, um, my main guitars are done by Sir and David Thomas McNaught. David Thomas McNaught right now made a signature guitar for me, uh, just simply called the XD. Um, it comes in a six string and a seven string. Um, I'm awaiting the six string now. I, I took delivery of the seven string last August. Um, okay. So that's the so that's that's the the main part of my gear, is you know mission pedals, Axe Effects, Matrix, uh, Sura McNaught, and then I use some various things like I'm endorsed by EMG pickups. Uh, I used V I use V picks, and um, uh, just 
those are pretty much all the hardcore stuff right there. Okay. And as far as the pickups are concerned, do you use any specific type of VMGs? Yeah, well, for the, um, I have an 8-string under construction right now. And uh, okay. the 8-string fan fret is going to use AMG 808s. My signature series 7-string guitar actually uses the uh, 707 on the bridge and a 707TW in the neck. Um, okay. It's a 27 fret guitar, so those guitar, so the pickups are kind of tilted, so they, the neck pickups are tilted, so they match like the angle of the, you know, right. fret. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's how that guitar is sort of laid out. Um, but for passive pickups for six strings, I use mostly passives. Uh, I if it's a sur guitar, I usually just use the sur pickups. I like the Doug Aldrich um, pickups that they make. They're amazing and they sound good for like virtually any kind of hard rock or metal. And then um, if it's a guitar that, you know, another six-string that I might have being built or whatever, for example, uh, the six-string version of my signature uh, guitar is basically getting the uh, Seymour Duncan Crazy 8 in the the bridge and the uh, Seymour Duncan Jazz in the neck. It's a really good mated pair um, for, like, any kind of, like, high-energy playing. Um, And that's basically pretty much, like, two McNaughts have that same setup and then... I have one McNaught that has a piezo, and that's usually done, that's done by Graph Tech, and they, they make some really good piezo bridges and stuff. Um, so mostly it's 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 I use the EMGs for like the the multi-string guitars. When I say multi-string, I'm like bigger than a six-string. Right, right, okay. And what was it like the first time that a company came up to you and said, "Hey, I, we want to make a signature model for you." Was that something that was surreal to you, or was that something that you always strived for? It's, it is something I always strive for. I think every guitar player that's out there playing, you know, uh, does strive for it. And when you're a gear whore like I am, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, and you seriously, like, I, I buy stuff sight unseen all the time, and sometimes you score a diamond, sometimes you score a lemon, you know, and, and, right. and then sometimes you buy something where people are hyping it up to no end, and then you get it, and you're like, wow, this thing sucks, and I, I, I don't know why people are hyping it up so much. So I, I, I have like a long-term relationship with, you know, with David Thomas McNaught. I bought guitars from him, you know, for years. And he's all, he's always been well known as sort of like the quote unquote, the PRS killer in the beginning. Like he just made these guitars like, you know, to compete with Paul Reed Smith. But in, in essence, they, they were just, it was a, a totally different brand altogether. It was a truly handmade guitar and no disrespect to PRS, I bought one last year. I really liked it a lot, um, but uh, it was never a main guitar for me. It was more like a backup at the time. And uh, mm-hmm. and so David, you know, working with David, um, you know, he he's the one that said to me, he's like, hey, listen, he's like, why don't we put start talking about putting a signature model together for you? And I said, yeah, it sounds great. I said, here's the ideas I have, and it just it came together almost like almost too easy, you know. Um, but it was, uh, it's, you know, it was great. I mean, to, to have, you know, him back me up because I don't think there's anybody on the internet or any other part of the world that has like a negative review of his guitars. He's probably one of the only people I've ever seen that where somebody isn't, you know, doesn't have some smart ass remark about, you know, about it, about his instruments. I mean, there's all kinds of Gibson and Fender hate and all that stuff, but there's all kinds of Gibson and Fender love. You know what I mean? Sure. And, um, but he, he's one of those guys that, when you say his name, everybody just goes, oh, yeah, they're just beautiful, beautiful, you know? (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. Uh, if anyone wants to keep up with what you are doing, where should they go? Uh, basically go to xanardemus.com. Um, from there, you can see all the links to everything that I'm doing, like pretty much everything. Uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, the big three as far as social media goes. Um, and, you know, like I said, that, that's kind of like your portal to the, you know, to the other, the social media world. Uh, so that's the best place to go. Uh, from there, you, you know, from that website, you can also get to the online store, which we sell T-shirts, and there's also the CDs for sale and stuff. Um, so, I mean, but that, that's the best way. And, and if you Google me, you, you can't miss because um, there's really no other Xander Demises out there. And uh, that, and that's a good thing. I guess it's it, it, made, it made it easier for me to be uh, found on Google. Could be a blessing and a curse, I guess. Hey, everybody, this is Xander Demas from XDB and James Rivera, and you are listening to Mars Attacks. Grab some wood there, bub.
watch me for the changes and try and keep up, okay? A little Woodshed Sonata by Xander Demos there. Want to thank Xander for coming on. Want to also thank Michael Stover for making that happen. And uh, remember to check out his album, Guitarcadia, on Amazon or iTunes. We'll have links to that in today's show notes. Remember to support the bands and artists and music you love. Support the podcast you love, too, by helping us out and going to the various links that we discussed before. And remember, if you want to drop us a line, you can do so by writing us at input at marsattacksradio.com. You can also drop us a line at our 800 number as well. You can leave a message during the day. You can leave a message anytime during the week. And what we will do is, for those that drop us a line... I'm looking the number up, folks. That's why it's taking so long for anyone that's still hanging out and listening to the episode. It is 888-920-2473. So, yeah, 888-920-2473. So, anyway, we're going to leave you with a little little more Xander Demos. And we're going to get into a little... Metagalactic to wrap things up. And before doing that, just want to thank you all for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast and for supporting what we do here, for helping support Cast Iron Ring and Talking Metal Digital. And that's it. Thanks for listening. See you next time right here on the Mars Attacks podcast. See ya.
Thank you for listening to Mars Attacks. To follow the radio show and podcast, like us on Facebook by going to Facebook forward slash Mars Attacks Radio. You'll find us on Twitter also. Follow us at Mars Aries 2005. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher, or just go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to download or stream episodes. Or you can just go to the homepage of MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more about the radio show and podcast. This concludes our show.